Welcome to a victory edition of the Fear the Wave cast. This is Kelly Camarda with Jimmy Ordino and Jake Weinstock. Tulane with a huge victory tonight over SMU. Jimmy, uh, you know, I can't think of a uh, team I'd want to beat any more than the Ponies, and, and to do it in such um, dominating fashion was, was great to see. It sure seems like we took out a lot of uh, pent-up frustration from years past uh, out on those guys tonight. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was great. They they really just took their will to be there out of them, and uh, it was evident they were just, you know, warming up the bus. I thought somebody was like, maybe, maybe somebody should start the showers up early for them in the visitor's locker room, kind of let them get on their way, man. They clearly don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. Well, and Jake, tonight was kind of a, a a test of, you know, your favorite style of play versus a team that went out and ran for 300 yards and won by, you know, 40 points. Uh, what did you see from Tanner Mordecai? I know we were talking about this off off the air, but, uh, you know, SMU's offense just wasn't there tonight. No, it was not. And, you know, what, what happened to – Mordecai was exactly what we were hoping would for those that, that, you know, read the, the preview that Kelly and I put together. Um, his numbers were not drastically different, different or have not been drastically different this season when he's been blitzed versus when he's not been blitzed and a team only brings three or four pass rushers. However, I can tell you that of the quarterbacks we've studied um, in preparing these previews every week, his splits when he is under pressure versus when he's kept clean, which is of course a different thing than blitz versus not blitz um, are as drastic as, as anyone in this league. Um, they absolutely fall off a cliff when he's under pressure. And so uh, the, the, you know, the, the lesson there to be learned is if you can get pressure on him with, you know, say four guys and keep seven in coverage, you have a really good opportunity to be successful against him and against this offense. And that's what Cincinnati did. That's what TCU did. That's what UCF did. And that's what the Tulane green wave did tonight. Um, you know, Darius Hodges, every single play he was in the backfield. I think, you know, Jimmy's talking about them getting out of town. I think their offensive tackles were probably ready to head to the, the lakefront airport uh, midway through the second quarter. Um, you know, after, after an up and down week, um, on Saturday, our front four just absolutely dominated. And, you know, Kelly pointed out that um, Mordecai had a number of open receivers that he just didn't see. Um, the thing that I noticed was he was far more inaccurate um, in the intermediate part of the field tonight than he's been a lot of times this season. And that's what happens when you can speed up the process of an opposing quarterback, make him throw before he's comfortable, make him throw when he's not on rhythm. Um, now, in his defense, he did have a couple of brutal, brutal drops tonight, including um, one that might have gone to, you know, to Rice uh, for a touchdown on fourth down at midfield early in the ball ballgame. Um, but it, it, this, is, this is a textbook example of what happens when you can get pressure with four. And um, kudos to our rotation tonight uh, it was not just one guy it was everyone coming after him for all four quarters really really well done yeah and Jimmy on the offensive side of the ball uh Tulane's offensive line just did a great job 
um, pushing SMU around all night. The tight ends were heavily involved in the in the run game. Uh, Michael Pratt rushed for I believe seventy something yards. Uh, Shoddy Clayton Johnson at seventy five, and Tajay had his usual uh, one twenty five on thirteen carries. Talk about their their performance tonight, and uh, you know anytime you can put up three hundred yards on the ground, you got a pretty good chance to win. Yeah, and uh, you know they uh, we it really two kind of ways. Uh, that you got to have both to be a really successful offense. You know, you got to, you got to be successful at a high clip, right? You got to, you got to, and that kind of is about moving the chains. It's about picking up the necessary yardage to get the next first down. And that's how it's measured. I won't get into the details of it, but then the other one is explosive plays and what you saw were explosive plays and then things that don't technically qualify as explosive plays, but you know, because it, maybe it's not a 20 yard run, but it's a 15 yard run. It's an 18 yard run. Tulane was um, in that dichotomy. I mean, Tulane, it wasn't about moving the chains. It wasn't about methodically working it down the field. It was, we were 0 for 7 on third down. But when you score 59 points and you only have seven first downs, it's mean you're making a lot of first downs on the first and second, right? You're not getting a third down. And it was just gash play after gash play. Um, really, and the, the, the big X factor, and I guess, you know, I didn't watch the, I didn't go back and watch their game game against Houston, but Toon did run for a hundred yards in addition to throwing for three fifty or whatever. And I mean, I, I'm sure our coaches watched that film and saw that. And I mean, the, the uh, Mike's not had that sort of space in the quarterback keep run game all year long, and that was just like the, the backbreaker for them because the running backs got loose, but 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 just you know. He had wide open spaces to roam in off many times tonight. And that was a huge factor in the game. Uh, and kudos to, you know, our staff for sort of going back to it, you know, and giving him that choice, giving him that opportunity to take advantage of those looks. Absolutely. And, you know, to your point, Jimmy, Tulane tonight had eight explosive plays and SMU only had one. Um, and that's not even counting the explosive returns in the kicking game with, uh, with keys. So anytime you can, you know, go out and out, I guess, out explosive or an explosive offense like SMU is and hold them in, in check, um, you know, that that's obviously going to be a, a big recipe for, for winning. Um, well, Jake, any other thoughts on Tulane's defense and what they did to shut down SMU? I know that, um, you know, we had talked about a little bit in our preview about the running game uh, with SMU and how they had rushed for four and a half plus yards of carry, um, you know, in their victories. And tonight, I think they were down below three yards of carry. Um, you know, talk a little bit about the running game and, and how we were able to kind of, you know, keep a keep a lid on that and, and really prevented SMU from, uh, you know, from getting those explosive plays in the past game because we were able to keep our safeties back. We were. And, you know, when just as we talked about not blitzing, um, we never really had to bring the second safety down into the box tonight at any point in time. Um, to me, it felt like SMU tried to run the ball more than they ordinarily would have liked to and more than they statistically have. Um, you know, they had 44 rushing attempts tonight against 53 pass attempts. That's that's typically not what you're going to see from them. It's going to be a little more pass heavy than that, but 
my only explanation since they were not running with success um, against six and seven man boxes is that, you know, Rhett Lashley was that afraid of our four man pass rush. And that was the only thing he felt he could do, um, you know, to try to keep us honest. But um, just, you know, you, you guys, I don't even know. I, I have no concept of how y'all are going to understand or how you're going to begin to hand out defensive players of the week this week. Um, it, it's just going to be an incredible task um, because, you know, I'm sitting here about the, the words are about to come out of my mouth, really just a, you know, the front, the front six, front seven played so well tonight. Um, but the back end played great too. Um, you know, I mean, they, they have a, a NFL receiver out there who um, was really kept quiet for the vast majority of the ball game as well. So um, it, 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 the run fits were, were excellent tonight. We got great interior uh, penetration, um, just textbook, textbook. And, and when your opponent is trailing by three, four touchdowns and they're still running the ball, um, again, without success, two, three yards, four yards of play, um, that's when you know you're doing something right because they, they're only doing that because they have zero confidence in that moment in their passing game. Um, one point I want to make, uh, Jimmy, is that, you know, Jimmy brought up a great point about the lack of third downs tonight. Just to highlight and illustrate that for, for folks, we scored more touchdowns than we had third downs tonight. Tulane faced seven third downs, was 0 for 7, but scored eight touchdowns. Uh, my father, I'm not going to pretend this was me, my father pointed out to me, um, we scored more points than we ran offensive plays tonight. Readers of the, of the preview know I frequently love to talk about points per play, um, which is a metric that, of course, cap, tries to capture offensive explosiveness. We scored 59 points and ran 56 offensive plays. I, I don't think I've ever seen a two-lane game where <clears throat> it's above 1.0. So just hats off uh, all around, game balls um, all around. That is truly, truly exceptional. Yeah, and I know we were worried a little bit about SMU running a ton of plays. They ran over 90 plays tonight, over 90, and still didn't score 20 points, which is amazing to me as well. Um. You know, there was a little bit of trash talk during the week. I don't know if you guys saw this on, on Instagram, but uh, Kivaris Hall, who used to play cornerback at Tulane, uh, talked a little bit of trash to uh, some of our, our players in, uh, in some Instagram comments. And I just wanted to point out that on that double move, Kivaris was on the ground. And Well, uh, it, it's, you know, it, it is uh, not like um, – in my opinion, is not like Willie Fritz to, to call a double move up 42 to seven, um, but call a double move up 42 to seven. We did. And that was, that was quite the statement. Um, I did notice that. And for those who were watching on television and maybe didn't get the opportunity to see, I don't know where the cameras went and didn't go. Um, there was some jawing that continued long after that play was over. And then on the ensuing extra point um, try. So um Clearly, our, our guys knew uh, where number 25 was and uh, how that play went for him. Absolutely. And, and you know, now we're, we're headed to our last game of the regular season. Jimmy, I, I don't know if, you know, when we started this, uh, this podcasting at the beginning of the year, we kept hearing from guys from Nick Anderson, from Ty J, from 
Dorian, Michael Pratt, Sincere, that they wanted to play for a conference championship. And, you know, I don't know if I really felt that at the beginning that it was possible, but as, as time went on, you just kind of saw the look in their eyes and, and the, the commitment and the belief that they could do this. Um, we probably will definitely are playing the biggest game of Tulane football in this century, um, you know, next weekend. And we go to Cincinnati, a team who has been the top team in this conference for the last four or five years, at least, um, you know, they're playing for a conference championship bid as well. Kind of, you know, take us, take us through this matchup and what we can expect and, and, and really, you know, try to put into context, if you can, how big of a game this is. It's well, no doubt it's a huge game. I, I, I mean, and you're right, it's the biggest this century. I mean, I and you know, when you think about it in terms of of the stake, I mean, you know, I, I don't know that any single game in '98 was this big. I mean, maybe to the Liberty Bowl to cap it off, but you know, the, we were big favorites down the stretch, you know, against all those teams down the stretch, and and so this is this is just a different. Uh, setting you're 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 playing the defending conference championship champ you know very few people believed you had the opportunity to do it outside that locker room and now here you are you get the defending champ for a chance to play in the championship game at their place um a place where when they matched up against smu not too long ago i think they escaped 37 35 or something like that and so you look at a result like that and say wait a minute you know <laughs> we ran that team off the field and obviously you know, SMU is probably a better team than the one we saw tonight. Uh, and maybe Cincinnati didn't have a good game and matchups, styles make fights and all those different things. But Cincinnati's, you know, lost to UCF like we did. I mean, they just haven't shown all year long to that they're the dominant team we saw last year. And, and you look at the NFL talent they lost, it makes sense. That said, they, they've been in big games, right? And, and, and they know what they're playing for and they're at home and they got a 32 game home win streak and all these things that, that are in their favor. Um, I mean, what more could you want as a Tulane fan? You were two and 10 last year and, and here you are, you know, everything's right there in front of you. I mean, you got a chance to make absolute history, snap that streak, send that team out to their new conference with, with a, with a loss to Tulane hanging over their head. Um, and, and, you know, and to send these seniors off, right? Give it, give them that opportunity to play in a conference championship game, the one that they deserve, the leadership they've shown, and and sort of the belief in themselves and, and their teammates and their coaches staff all year long. Uh, it's everything that you you want out of the team you cheer for. Uh, we're getting, you know, and it's so rare you get that in football when you when you when you're not an Alabama fan or a, a fan of a, just a small handful of schools, and so it's a really really special thing. Um, to be in this situation. And uh, it's just something that we, we really just need to savor. Um, you know, this, the, the game that this this game sort of, you know, we went out in senior night against La Tech, um, 63, what was the final score there? 98, it was like 63-21 or 35? 33, yeah, something like that. But, I mean, it was it was a, a celebration all, all night long on senior night, right? You know, we all kind of – just ran it, scored at will and all that other stuff and, and just had a grand old time. 
And those guys got to have that tonight, man. And, and they'll never forget that. That's awesome for them. And uh, next week's going to be awesome for them. And hopefully the week after that. And, and if all those things go right next week and a week after, then they'll, they'll play in the biggest bowl game Tulane's played in in 80 years. So it's all right there for the taking, guys. Let's go get it. Absolutely. Jake, I know we're going to be, uh, you know, getting a preview ready kind of, you know, quickly over the, the next few days. But um, thoughts on Cincinnati? Yeah. Um, as Jimmy said, 32-game home winning streak. Uh, people may not realize Tulane is actually a part of that streak. Um, 2018 game up there. Um, you know, this is just – this has been – Tremendous. I mean, I, I did not anticipate um, a nine-plus win season when this thing got started. Um, you know, I think it's important to point out that this is the first six-plus conference win uh, season that Tulane has had in its nine years in the AAC. Um, and it, next week is is going to be an absolute battle. Um, it, it it is that there are, there are scenarios where Tulane could still get in to the AAC championship game in two weeks um, with a loss next week, but um, taking a peek at the schedule and who UCF has left, they don't appear to be um, uh, strong odds. I would, I would fully anticipate UCF is going to win their next two games. And so this really is a, a do or die opportunity to try to, get yourself in position in a, in the 60 minute format to win the conference. Um, so I, I think it, it certainly, um, it was fortunate that we played tonight. Um, I think it's fortunate that as, as far as we're aware, you know, an hour or so after final whistle, we came out of this game relatively unscathed and pretty healthy. So I, I think that certainly, um, behooves our group and, um, it's it's nice to have a mini buy going into, as you guys said, the biggest game in, of the century for the program. But um, I, I do hope everyone savors and, and enjoys this. This could be a really, really um, exciting finish to what's already been a tremendous season. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm frustrated that it's a full eight days away, but it is really exciting. Well, I look forward to talking to you guys next Friday after the game and, and hopefully taping another victory pod. So I appreciate y'all joining me again. Uh, can't wait to can't wait for this game coming up on Friday and uh, roll wave. Roll wave. Roll wave. <laughs>